Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. It is always an honor, and I'm always so humbled, not just to to be able to come and speak, but I I told Pastor Tyler this week, it's an honor that I get to serve Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rachel. Um, There's something important about them getting away, hearing from heaven, replenishing, you know, just kind of, it's important for pastors, if you don't rest, you won't last. And they have such great rhythms built into their life. But I I was thinking about, I always kind of bring a couple of words, normally one word um, that kind of best describes them. I pray about it before I come and this, this week, I was like, there's two words. They're fun and they're deep. Like anytime you're talking about putting uh, as a bachelor toilet paper at the base or uh, paper, newspaper at the base of the toilet to catch like the, the overflow in your sermon, just kind of putting yourself on blast, that's fun. And then, and then Rachel comes at the end and drops a quote from C.S. Lewis off the top of her head, like what? That's deep. And I thought, what, what a beautiful picture, grace and truth, deep and wide, joy. Uh, I, I just feel like they embody the gospel so well and reflect the heart of God so well. And uh, so if you are watching Pastor Tyler and Rachel, you already know how much we love you and cherish you. And uh, I don't take this lightly. It is an honor to preach in your pulpit. And uh, I believe God has something for us today. So we've been in a series entitled, This Is How I Fight My Battles. You guys know the song? This is how I fight my battle. That's why I'm not on the worship team. Uh, and so, so we talked first about, first about how the battle of Babylon, how we can thrive in the midst of Babylon. And then Pastor Tyler and Pastor Rachel talked about the Holy Spirit coming in and redecorating things, building our faith. Pastor Jason preached last week about the battle of how it's won through forgiveness. And I, I want to speak to you in the spirit of Pastor Tyler. I have two titles today. First title is Clarity in the Chaos. And the second title is The Battle for Direction. Now, before we jump into anything, let me show you a picture of my family. Because, like you didn't recognize it from nine weeks ago. I was just here. So I was like, do I show another picture of my family? I am family. Uh, But this is my beautiful family. I want to always honor my family. And my beautiful daughter is with me today. My favorite oldest child, Olivia in the house. No, I'm not going to embarrass you, babe. I love you. She's my road dog. We we travel and do life. We're going to Israel together this year. It's going to be amazing. Um, But there's a battle for direction. And I I want to pray for us today. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we're looking for clarity in the chaos. We're looking for direction in the midst of the fight. And we just ask that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. What a treat, what a joy to be able to communicate your word. So I pray that every word from my mouth would be from your heart. And God, that I just ask that you would speak to us and you would meet every person today in a fresh way. We love you, Lord, and we need you. We honor you. I pray today you would get what you deserve, glory, and we would get what we need, and that's you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Have you ever asked this question? Thank you, Joe. You are the man. Can we give it up for Joe and Lacey? You guys are the best. Have you guys ever asked this question, what is the will of God? 
for my life? Like, what if in this season you could hear God more clearly than you ever have before? How would that change the game? It would change everything. In fact, I think it's a challenge. There's a battle to hear the voice of God sometimes because there's a lot of noise around us. If you look in the arena of our life, there's so many things pouring in all at one time. From career to family to future work, money, security, all these things, ministry. Like We just have all these things many times that pour in all at once. It's happening all at one time. We have our jobs. We have relationships. We have health. Some of us are dealing with pain. And then we have a grandstand that surrounds our arena with voices yelling and speaking and screaming at us. Some good, some bad. We have voices, which I like to call, some are now voices. This is the voice of just our everyday life. We hear voices of our kids, of our friends, of our family, culture, all the virtual and digital voices that are yelling at us. You remember when you would search something and then it would show up on Facebook or show up on Instagram like an ad of something that you researched? It would be scary. But we're not scared anymore. We're like, thank you. I was actually... It's actually really helpful now. At first, we thought it was the end of the world and everybody's spying, which they definitely are. But it's so loud. It's like we don't even care anymore. It's just another noise in the background. Noises of kids and our spouse. It's a lot of noise. And then, then we have what I like to call the enemy's voice. Now, the enemy's voice is not good at all. His voice is deceptive. He's the father of lies. It's a voice of perversion, of guilt, of shame, of fear, of lust, of greed, of comparison. It's never good. And it's really loud. He likes to get a good seat. He likes to get close to your ear. And then we have what I like to call uh, past voices. And this could be good or bad. A lot of times past voices tend to be filters for decision making. You know, you're about to make that decision and you hear that voice. Could be from a parent, could be from a friend, could be from a wound, could be from a breakup, could be from a rival. Positive or negative, but a lot of times the negative ones seem to scream a little bit louder. And then we have our internal voice. We have the voice of self-talk, which a lot of times we have to work at self-talk, don't we? Because we don't deviate many times to the positive. We, we, We tend to gravitate toward those internal negative sayings and phrases. I'm not good enough. I should be further along. Am I really successful? Things should be going better. Why are you acting like this? Are you serious? You messed it up again. I mean, there's just so much noise. And, And these voices, and there's more we can probably add, but they begin to frame our heart and our minds. They begin to frame our life, and there becomes a fight and a battle for direction. Because what's happening in the midst of all this is then there's God's voices. God is speaking. God is is wanting to bring clarity in the chaos, but it's hard for him to get a word in edgewise. Anybody have a a family member like that? Just can't get a word in. You got to tell them directly. Like passivity does not work with them. You know that person? Where you're like, you got to stop talking for a moment. And so what ends up happening is God's voice is trying to get in, but we are framed by all the other noise. And it's tough. I want to propose something to you today. Uh, Let me fix this really, really fast. 
is that it can be really hard to hear in the midst of all the chaos. And so we have all these voices framing us, but little clarity, lacking clarity. And so Dallas Willard said it this way. There is no avoiding the fact that we live at the mercy of our ideas. This is never more true than with our ideas about God. Like, like the ideas that we are thinking are, are framing our life in a particular way. The way that we think about God, the way that we're hearing from God is framing our life in a particular way. I think that's why the apostle Paul said it like this in Colossians chapter one. He said, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul's like, man, we are praying. We are contending in the spirit for you. Why? We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through the wisdom and the understanding that the spirit gives. Come on, you cannot talk about the will of God and the voice of God without talking about the spirit of God. And so Paul's like, I want you to understand. I want you to know. I want you to obey. I want you to walk and live in the will of God because there's another quote unquote knowledge and there's another wisdom that the world is offering, that Babylon is presenting. And in the Colossian church, they were no exception. Were false teachers that were proclaiming to be wise proclaiming to, to, to impart knowledge, but it was deceitful. It was false. And Paul was like, I want you to have the wisdom of God by the spirit of God, because there's a lot of benefits. Look at your neighbor and say, there's some benefits. So what are those? Well, Paul continues. He says, so that, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him. Now, this isn't, I'm trying to please God to earn brownie points. This is living in light of the gospel. I'm not serving and trying to please God for approval. I want to please him because I've already been approved in Christ as a result of his life, death, and resurrection. So I'm not, I'm not trying to please God to earn my way with him. I want to please him out of the overflow of everything he's already given me. Paul's like, life like that is good. He said, bearing fruit in every good work, whether, whether it's a good season or a bad season, you're fruitful. Growing in the knowledge of God, not just the intellectual knowledge of God, but yada, the experiential knowledge, the knowledge met with encounter, the intimacy, the reality of relationship, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Come on, can anybody in the house today use a little power, endurance, and patience? And somebody said amen. Because there's going to be great seasons and there's going to be difficult seasons. But can I just tell you, the will of God is necessary and it's better. Like I've heard so many people come and say, Pastor Matt, man, I should have listened. I should have trusted him. Thousands. But I've never heard somebody come and complain like, hey, you hear what happened to John? God's will. (laughs) Terrible. No, it doesn't mean that God's will is always easy, but it's always worth it. There's always fruit in every season. If you know God's will, you will live well. And there's clarity. So let's talk about the will of God for a moment. I'm going to teach, not so much preach today. Is that okay? I'm at home now. I don't want to just inspire you. I I want, man, the Holy Spirit to teach you something today. So, So God's decreed will, God's directive will, and God's desire will. A lot of scholars, when they talk about the will of God, they use these three segments. Some will call it sovereign will. Uh, permissive will and moral will. But uh, in the you know, spirit of Tyler, we want three Ds. We want it to all make sure that it makes sense. It's in- inspirational and clear. And so, so let's talk real quick about God's decreed will. 
This is God's sovereign will. It's, it's where God has said something. It's in motion, and he has the ability to see it through. For example, in the Old Testament, there were pr- prophecies. God spoke through the prophets, and guess what happened? They were spoken, and they happened. They were spoken, and he saw it through. We see prophecies 500 years before Jesus came of the Messiah. Over 300 prophecies in regards to him. And guess what? God said it, and he saw it through. Can I, can I tell you one, one for us that, that we are waiting on is the return of Christ, that Jesus is going to return. Now, the thing with God's decreed will, whether you like it, you believe it, you want it, or you don't want it, it doesn't matter. It's in motion that Jesus is going to return, ladies and gentlemen. I know a lot of times we don't talk about that a whole lot, but it's real, and it's exciting as we live with an urgency awaiting his return. It's going to happen. It's his decreed will. But what we really want is the directive will. Oh, God, tell me, is it her or him I should marry? <laughs> right? Like, is, is, it, is, is it, should I invest here? Should I invest there? Should I buy a house here? Should I buy a, look, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Like, tell me. <laughs> but the will that gets neglected the most is God's desired will, or what I would like to call God's revealed will. It's God's desired design for you and for me that is revealed to us on the pages of Scripture. So we look at the Bible, what do we have? God's desired will for life. His revealed will, like we know that God says, I have a design for things. So like, for example, God's desired will for us is to meditate on the scripture day and night, like Pastor Tyler talked about. What goes in, comes out. His desired will, what, we're gonna fast. We wanna keep Christ at the center. We wanna be and live in Christ-centered community, get into a small group, somebody, it's launch day. Like, that's God's design for you to be in Christ-centered community. There's so many one-anothers in the Bible that you cannot fulfill outside of community. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. To bless those that persecute you. To not deal with the speck in your neighbor's eye before you deal with the speck in your own eye. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Be thankful in all things. Paul says to the Thessalonians, for this is the will of God for you. Can I mention fasting again? Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. God says, I have a, a design where life is best lived. Romans chapter 12 said, basically this, you're either going to be conformed to the world or you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, man, I want you to understand what my will is. Philippians chapter 4, think upon these things, things that are noble, things that are true, things that are worthy of praise, things that are of a good report. Think upon these things. And so I said all that, and we could go on forever. Why? Because it's the scripture. And sometimes, listen, don't underestimate the power of the scripture. The Bible is so important. Why? Because it it is the foundation and the filter for all of our decisions that affects a ton of our direction. So you're like, okay, break it down for me, pastor. Let me show you. I would say that God's desired will is more like a blueprint. It's more like a blueprint. God has given us his revealed and desired will in scripture. And it's more like a blueprint. Now, when you think about a blueprint... You think about design. Pastor Tyler said we will either live by design or by default. God says, I have a design for life. And his design in the scripture, it's very detailed. It's very clear. It's very foundational. It's awesome because if you feel like you're getting off course, you can take a quick look at the blueprint. Now, I can't build a thing, just to be honest with you. 
Like I'm looking at this blueprint. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm going to need like Pastor Joe to walk me through this, right? Because I just, there's just no, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I would need somebody to show me, but, but it's clear. And, and what, it do, it, what it does is it maintains the standard. So when life is a little ambiguous and we're not really sure what to do, we can always correct back to and say, hey, man, is this in line? Are, are we building in the right way? Are we, are, we, are we on a firm foundation? And so God says, listen, I have a design. I have a desire for you, for life, for marriage, for singleness. I have a design for purity, for friendship, for leadership, for family, for community, for godliness. God says, I have a design of how you're to deal with storms and pain. Like God says, I have a design for that. It's specific. And those guidelines affect our decisions, which affects our direction and how we build. So, So God's desire will is like a blueprint, but his directive will is more like a game plan. A lot of times God's directive will, though, we feel the most burdened. We feel burdened by it, don't we? I don't know. What do I do? Speak to me. Help me. And then, and then somebody comes along, they're like, pray about it. You're like, I have prayed about it. A lot of times you haven't, though, if you're honest. You just know the right answer to say because you really should be praying about it. But it can just feel like a burden. But I heard it said like this, that God's directive will should feel more like a garden, not a burden. Like if you go all the way back to the garden of Adam and Eve, what do you find? You find, the, uh, you find them enjoying life with God in the garden of Eden, beautiful. It's like vacation every day in the presence of God. And, and God says, listen, th- there, there's, there's this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that tree because if you do, you'll surely die blueprint. God revealed clearly his will to them. Don't eat from this tree. But every other tree in the garden, game plan. You choose. Can I just tell you there's freedom in the will of God. The will of God is not binding, it's liberating. The blueprint doesn't doesn't constrict us. It actually gives us guidelines and boundaries to live a life of real freedom. And so God says, what do you want to eat today? You want a pear? Eat a pear. Go ahead. You want an apple? You want some broccoli? Broccolini? What do you want? Go ahead. But this tree, if you eat of it, you'll surely die. And so, so I'm not a very big sports guy. In fact, at first I wasn't sure, is this soccer or football? <laughs> then I realized it's certainly soccer. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, I am a student. I, I do my homework. Uh, tough crowd. So, <laughs> so, so. Listen, you cannot understand the game plan unless you understand the guidelines of the blueprint. So like a quarterback is free in the game. They're going to run a play. It's normally like HB something something. Quarterback knows what that is, whatever it is. And then he's free to run the play. He's going to say hike, and it's like whoever's open. Because sometimes the play doesn't go accordingly, and he may have to pass here, may have to pass there. Maybe you have to run the ball. But if the ball is, is hiked to him and he grabs the ball and runs in the opposite direction, everybody's going to be like, dude, what are you doing? And that's not, that's not how the game works. That's not freedom. That's called he needs help. That's called he's like people are going to rush the field, especially if it's your team, right? It's, it, if you have the guidelines, there's freedom. Man, pick and choose. Who do you want to pass to? Who's open? You want to run the ball? Run the ball. But then once in a while, the coach will call a specific audible. Just a specific play. It's fourth down. You're kicking the ball. 
Yes, coach. We're down by a lot of points. It's the second half. Just give the ball to Steph Curry every time. Every time, just give it to Steph. Right? The, the coach is going to call a specific play. And, and so when we understand the boundaries and of the blueprint, the guidelines of the blueprint, we become so free in how we move, live, and breathe. The tension is this. We find tension in God's directive will. When there's confusion in his desired will. So we find tension here where there's confusion here, where there's compromise here, where there's sin here, where there's a lack of understanding here, where there's an ignorance here. We suffer in our direction. And so, so God says, hey, I have a design for singleness. Goal isn't marriage. The goal is the kingdom. In the process of you pursuing the kingdom, building the kingdom, guess what? God knows the desires of your heart. That's how I met my wife. We met building the kingdom together. Met in ministry. I'm not saying that you're, you, no, I'm saying, yeah, get on a team, would you? Already, get on a team. Get on a team. So you never know what's going to happen. God may change your life. 18 years this August. Let's go. It's awesome. But God has a design for singleness. And God says, listen, if you're pursuing marriage, start with my desired will. I desire that you're equally yoked. I've revealed that to you. Because it's going to make the, your, your direction a, a lot easier. Not, not easy, but a lot easier. And so, you know, I talk to people all the time. I'll talk to a lady like, hey, tell me about him. Well, well, he's, he's kind of saved. What do you mean kind of saved? Well, he's kind of Catholic. Kind of, kind of, kind of. I'm like, kind of? This is a lifelong decision here. We can't have kind of like, even if you've been saved 10 years, and they've been saved two weeks. That's not equally yoked. Unless you have a thus saith the Lord, like the heavens parted and said, yes. Okay. But we kind of default like, well, at least he has the spirit of God. Well, I, we think he does. It's been two weeks. We don't, it's, that's still yet to be determined. And so God has a design for it. Marriage. What about marriage? Let me talk to the married folks for a moment. A lot of times we think it's communication and expectations. We just have communication and expectation problems. Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Well, let's start with God's design. So, husband, are you laying your life down for your wife as Christ did the church? Huh? Oh, yeah. And uh, excuse me, miss, I just want to know, are are you submitting to your husband as he's laying his life down? You know, the mutual submission that the Bible calls us to die to ourselves in marriage? Oh, no, we're, we're not. We're not there. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So maybe we don't have a communication issue or an expectation. We have a heart condition. And before we can deal with your communication, let's start with your heart. Let's get back to his desired will and figure out where you're not applying the gospel, where you need to repent to one another so that we have a foundation to build on. Are you tracking with me? And so if we want career, God, I want you to give me a promotion. Pastor Matt, pray with me for a promotion. Okay, cool. Why? I I want more. I need more money. Okay. How's your generosity? More money so you can hoard or so you can give away? Just asking a question. And so, and so we, 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 get, we get confused sometimes. We get confused between our call and our assignment. Just want to know where I'm called. Is it California? Is it ministry? Is it this job? Just want to know where I'm called. Well, can I just tell you what God has revealed that all of us are called to is to make disciples, love your neighbor, 
Pray for those that persecute you. Right, right, there's so much that God has already revealed. The assignment is wherever you are. So can I tell you, before I was, I was preaching, I was working at Home Depot. Guess what I was doing there? Preaching the gospel. Because that's what God has called me to do. If, if I don't preach in another church building, put me in the corporate world, I'm going to preach the gospel. And so sometimes we're like, I'm just waiting on the call. No, you're called and God has you in an assignment right now. Be faithful in that. I three of you clapped. So good. I'm trying to, I, I want you to be free. Because if, if his desired will for you, his revealed will is, is suffering, so will your direction. If we're not walking in what God has already revealed, give me the good stuff. Why? You're not even loving your neighbor. You're not even connected in a small group. Shameless plug all day. You're going to get it all day. Better sign up. It's, it's, it's the best thing for you, I'm telling you. And so, so what ends up happening is then we make God's directive will, we replace that with his desired will. And then when things don't work, man, I got married, Pastor Matt. Thought he was the one. I thought. Must not be the will of God. Whoa, whoa, time out. Well, now you're in it. And unless there's abuse or infidelity, like, let's go back to his desired will. Because this is what happens. If you leave out God's desired will, you'll run when God has called you to change. Let that sink in. You will run when God has called you to change. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about infidelity. Those are different conversations. If you're in that space, talk to your pastors. Because this is a safe place to talk about that. And we want to help you. But outside of that, let me just tell you guys. If, if the blueprint is suffering, so will the direction. Let me show you how this plays out. Are you with me? Got 12 minutes. Let's go. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, revealed will. Like they just know this, that should be a rhythm of our life. God said, hey, as followers of Jesus, you're going to live, part of your rhythm is going to be worship and fasting. So they're, they're walking in God's revealed will. And then the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so you see the Holy Spirit calling an audible here. It's a specific direction. They're walking in God's revealed will. In the midst of that, the Holy Spirit says, I have something to say. And he gives them direction. A lot of us want to hear from the Holy Spirit, but we're, we're, we're not even walking in what, God, what the Holy Spirit has already revealed. And so can I just tell you right now, if you're like, I'm terrible. I'm like messing up this whole thing up. There's grace. And God can redeem all your time. Don't let the enemy's voice in. What I'm calling you to is to say, hey, let's examine our hearts. Say like, man, what has the Holy Spirit already revealed that he wants to empower us to walk in? And as a result of that, on that journey, He's going to continue to give us direction. He's big enough to do that. Yes. And, and so, so then, then look, look what happened. So after they had fasted and prayed, sometimes when you hear from God, you get really excited and you leave. You're like, I got it. I'm out. It's like, no, stay a while. Continue to fast and pray a little bit more. And then you, you know, proceed with what God has called you to do. But if you fast forward, Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 10, Paul and his companions... 
Notice how he's traveling by himself in a small group. Traveled throughout the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. What we see here is the will of God is not just a what, but a when. And then when they came across to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter in Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. So what's happening here? Paul is walking in God's desired will. (laughs) Anywhere Paul goes, he's going to preach the gospel, whether he's in Rome or in prison, in Rome. Whether he's on the platform or in prison, he's going to preach the gospel. He's going to make disciples. He's going to plant churches. And then he's just trying stuff. Like, he, he, got the, he understands the blueprint. And so because of that, he just trusts that the Holy Spirit is going to direct. Like, he's trying things. Hey, let's try Bithynia. Holy Spirit said no. Dang. Let's try Asia. Holy Spirit said no. Man. And how was the Holy Spirit speaking to him? I don't know. But he does. And he can recognize it. He's not fighting it. He's like, listen, God. I trust that you can open doors and you can close them. And so, so what, what is happening is God is walk, uh, Paul is walking in God's desire. He's called to preach. He's called to plant. The game plan, though, isn't crystal clear for Paul. A man plans his ways and the Lord directs his steps. Like there's still so much freedom. Some of us are stuck because we're just waiting on the word. It's like, how about you just walk? If you're not hearing what's next, walk in what God has already called you to and trust that he'll speak to you on the journey. Are you with me? Like, like don't wait for a perfect condition. Ecclesiastes says, if you do that, you'll never get anything accomplished. Just waiting for the right time. Call to the nations. Well, man, go to Mexico and build a house. Do you know what I mean? Mission Karis. You guys don't know about Mission Karis. All right, well, that'll be for the next sermon. So, so just step out, try stuff as you're walking in the revealed will of God. Some of us were in Bithynia and the Holy Spirit said no a long time ago. Like, why are you here? Some of you are stuck in Asia. And you're like, the Holy Spirit was like, you're not supposed to be here yet. It's so important that we're able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, walking in God's desired will so that we're prepared to hear the voice of the Spirit in his directive will. And Paul didn't push a door open. When the Holy Spirit was shutting the door, Paul didn't be like, but it makes sense geographically. (laughs) But now I'm going from like Bithynia, you know, or to Asia to Bithynia and then back to Troas and you want me to cross the ocean to go to Macedonia? Like what is happening here, God? It's not making sense. Can I just tell you, I knew that the Holy Spirit told me not to invest in what now I know was a Ponzi scheme. All my friends were in it, a lot of noise, a lot of voices. I'm like, man, and I pushed it. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you had some good crypto runs because I helped you. But you're on your own on this one. And sure enough, and then my boy, my, my buddy's like, Holy Spirit told me to get out of this thing. I'm like, we just got in. He made like 2,000 bucks, got all his money back. I waited a month too late, lost everything. When the Holy Spirit says, no, don't push. But you got to know, it wasn't a lot. I'm a pastor. It wasn't like $100,000. Like we're talking about a couple thousand. You know, not a big deal. Still a lot of money for me, but we're not going to talk about that right now. It's a sore subject. And so, 
So then they, they continue, and it says this. It says, during the night, Paul then had a vision of a man from Macedon begging him to come. Hey, the Holy Spirit speaking to Paul in a vision. But look what it says. It says, well, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once, left for Macedonia, concluding, meaning we all talked about it. We're like, yeah, it seems to be the Holy Spirit. It's still not crystal clear. But we concluded that this is the spirit of God. Let's jump on a boat. We're out. Macedonia, here we come. Spain, I always wanted to go to Spain. And so what's happening is that Paul is walking in his desire, God's desired will. And he's just free, he's just trying stuff. Like I feel like God wants to resurrect a fresh exploration on the inside of your heart. To say like, man, don't wait for the perfect time to get into a group or get, in, get on a team or get involved in church. Like, it's, now's the time. Don't wait to talk to your neighbor like, I'm just going to wait for the next sign. They came out of their door. Great sign. Walked up to my neighbor the other night. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I've been a terrible neighbor. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I haven't came by and said hello to you in a while. Where'd he go, pastor? Building a relationship in the community, telling you guys to do everything and then not doing it myself. He's like, dude, I know we've all been busy. I'm like, yeah, but you, you guys are like the heart of our block, man. And I'm just sorry that I've been neglecting this relationship. You know, so it just doesn't take much. It's just... I was coming home one day. Peter and John were walking to the temple gate of beautiful, walking to the temple. They're at the gate of beautiful. A guy's lame and begging. They're like, hey, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, get up and walk. They're just walking. What? They're in God's revealed will. We're going to go pray. And on that journey, we see a man who's in need. King David honoring his, his, his father by going to deliver some, some food to his brothers. And on that journey, Goliath presented an opportunity. And he's like, man, I'll give it a shot. So the question is how? How does this flesh out? I want to hear the spirit of God like that. Can I just tell you, a lot of us want to download, but we don't want development. And we have to fight that. I have to fight that as a pastor. It's like, hey, Chad GBT, I need a sermon on Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go. Could you imagine? You know it's happening. We want to download, but we don't want development. And so what I'm about to tell you is not new. And then you guys have been like talking about it every day for, since Mission Church started. But it is, it is important. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul said it like this. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, what is that, Paul? Don't get drunk on wine. Some of us, we just need to stop there. Five glasses, come on. You can't handle that. Let's just be honest. Acts, all right, so he says, do not be filled with wine. Instead, instead, because that leads to debauchery. That leads to dysfunction. But he said, instead, be filled with the Spirit. He says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit. Like, when's the last time you did that? Like, you just showed up to church. You're like, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Are you, you feeling that? Like, when's the last time you, you, you sang? Hot song. I mean, you got to be filled with the Spirit to do that. You guys aren't picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> so make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give me thanks to God our Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying this. The word filled here, it's a continuum in the Greek. It's a be being filled. It's a don't stop. And just like with wine, it permeates everything. The moment you take a, a sip, it gets into your entire bloodstream. And as it starts to get on the inside of you in greater quantities, it starts to, you know, change the way you walk. 
It changes the way you talk. It changes your boldness and your courage. It, it permeates everything. You smell like it. You're dripping it. It's just, man, you're intoxicated. And Paul's like, just like that, every as- aspect of your body be filled with the Spirit. And we're like, okay, how? Aren't you so grateful that when you actually read through the Scripture, you'll see Paul is giving stuff away all the time. Like he's writing this to the church of Ephesus, but the church of Colossae needs the same thing. So he words it in a way that gives us the how. So in, to the church of Colossae, he said it this way. He said, so let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in what? In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's the same passage. Ephesians, Paul said, this is what you need to do. Colossians says, this is how. One of the ways, one of the ways that we are filled with the Spirit is letting the word of the Spirit, the word of Christ, the revealed will of God dwell in our hearts richly. And so so this word, word, anytime you see word in the scripture, it's one of two things. It's logos or rhema. Let me tell you the difference. The logos is a general word of God that communicates his general will on a matter. The Logos is God's revealed, desired will designed for you and I found in Scripture. Are you with me? The rhema is the word the Holy Spirit quickens to a specific person for a specific situation. For example, a man from Macedon is, ah, Paul gets a rhema, a revelation of God saying, go to Macedon. There's a rhema word in the midst of fasting and prayer. The Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. For the work that I've called them to. Are you with me on that? So so some say the the logos is like the well. And the rhema is like a bowl dipped in that well. Extracting it that it's it's giving life. It's it's, it's a moment of like, whoa, I just dipped in the well and I'm pulling from it. And the spirit of God is speaking something specific. And so to dwell means to to, to be at home, to make residency in. And, And richly, to dwell richly means much in quantity. He says, then admonish, warn one another, counsel, exhort one another. And this is what happens is you are growing in the knowledge of God's word. Letting his word dwell in your heart richly filled with the spirit who authored the word. A lot of times we don't equate being filled with the spirit by being filled with the word. And Paul says, oh, no, 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 don't forget he's the author of it. Letting it permeate you till it changes the way you walk, the way you see, the way you function, you smell like it, you're oozing it, everything is screaming that. And this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. When that happens, you start to grow in your knowledge of God's holiness, of his grace, of his love, of his sacrifice, of his power. And then at the same time, as you get closer to him, you realize how wicked and sinful you really are. And what happens, the chasm gets wider and wider and wider. That's why Isaiah the prophet could say, get away from me. I'm a man of unclean lips. It's like, really, bro, you're the most righteous guy in the whole land. Not in the presence of God. And so you're like, why would I want this big chasm? Because as the chasm gets bigger, so does the cross. It gets sweeter, the gratitude, the thanksgiving, the joy, the confidence, the humility. 
that God, you're everything, and, and I know who, I, who you are, and I know who I am, and the cross has gives me this beautiful identity in Christ of I'm humble and confident at the same time. And the cross gets more rich and glorious and beautiful because if not, if we stop growing and we're not filled and let the, letting the word of Christ dwell in our hearts richly, we begin to shrink the cross. Then we think of God less than we should and we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in religion and not relationship, self-justification, pride, legalism, guilt, shame, fear, insecurity, despair, exhaustion. And Paul's like, that is not my heart. For you, I want you to be filled, permeated. This word logos, it appeals to the mind. I know the desired will may not be as, 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 as may not seem as spectacular as the directive will. But it, it appeals to the mind, it supplies the doctrinal and spiritual substance that puts pressure on our logic and our reasoning. And the Holy Spirit urges us to turn to God's best. That's why Paul could be like, he shut the door. He knows best. I trust him. The cross is big. I need him. Who am I to go into Asia when God says no? No. I need him. He knows what's best. What's happening in that moment is like what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. In view of God's mercies, I urge you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord, for this is your reasonable act. It's only reasonable because the cross is huge, because we see the gap. We're like, I'll lay down my life. Absolutely. It's so real. In light of all you've done, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know and approve what God's will is for your life. His good, perfect, and pleasing will. His revealed will in that space. Paul said, listen, as your mind is transformed in the logos, you'll be ready for the rhema. You'll be ready when the spirit of God quickens your heart in the moment. Look what he says, almost done. He says this, John chapter 14. He says, all of this, Jesus said, I have spoken while I was still with you. But the advocate, Pastor Tyler talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He's going to teach you the logos and then remind you of everything that I said to you. This word remind in the original language, it means prompting. Let the Spirit of God, the Word of God, be filled with the Spirit. Let it dwell in you richly, and then you'll be ready for the prompt. You'll be ready in the moment. I was sitting with my daughter the other day, my youngest. She's like, Daddy, I love you so much. You do all these things for me. You say yes. When mommy says no, you give me sweets. You're such a good dad. She did all these things. But you know what she didn't say is you teach me about Jesus. And I was waiting for it. Because the God's revealed will for me as a dad is that I raise my child in the way they should go. And the Holy Spirit quickened myself, my, my spirit in that moment and said, she didn't say Jesus. How many of you guys know that changed my direction? I'm like, all right, so sweets and candy and gifts. Am I buying you? I'm so sorry. I need to be more intentional. The other day, my wife spilled her coffee at work. She just got it. I'm at home studying for a powerful message. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you're a pastor. One of the qualities is hospitality, bro, and it starts at home. Get off your butt. Go get your wife a Starbucks and take it to the office. Yes, yes, Lord. Boom. Gladly. Gladly. So what's happening right now in this moment is God is just reframing stuff. As we're filled with the word of God, filled with the spirit, permeating everything, all of a sudden the voices are still there. It's just framed differently. So much more clarity in everything that we do. 
And so, so I just got a couple challenges for you today. Number one is find an imperfect place to be with God. Can I date myself for a moment? Like some of us were like, oh, I didn't spend time with God today. Well, why? I didn't have my coffee and my chair from Ikea and my, my little jazz music and my little moleskin, moleskin journal, you know what that is? Perfect setting. Get rid of imperfect settings. Find great rhythms. If you're like, man, my life is so busy, put it on Audible. Listen to the word of God all the way to work. Like create space. Can I just tell you, you will create space for what you value. If I told you today, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're giving away a million dollars everybody signs up for a small group. How many of you guys know you reprioritizing your schedule? You're like, I got some time. When you begin to value Christ-centered community, the word of God, God's will, like you value that, <laughs> the game will change. Stop looking for an imperfect place to be with God. Just find a place. Ladies, some of you, gentlemen, some of you single moms and dads, you may need to go in the bathroom. Shut the door. If you're in Pastor Tyler's house, watch out for the newspaper. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Shots fired. Shut the door. Get along with God. What are you doing? Praying. Last thing is this. Find an imperfect group today. Some of you guys are like, oh, I just... Uh, I don't really see a group for me. Oh no. I mean, in the book of Acts, if a blue collar jailer, a former demon possessed slave girl and a fashionista can do life together, you'll be fine. Because it's the gospel that binds us together. The cross is big enough for us all. We need one another. Paul was like, I, it was them. The Holy Spirit was speaking to us. We were moving as a unit. Look how many times they and them, and we tried and we did. Then we concluded, blah, 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 blah. They, Paul was in community. Finding God's will and direction in the presence of community and counsel and friends that will come alongside of you. Oh my goodness. It'll change the world. Let me pray for you. Don't wait for perfect conditions. You can stand to your feet. Otherwise, you'll never get anything done. Will you stand to your feet with me? Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts in this moment. Listen, if you're here today and you're like, man, Pastor Matt, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I may be, you need to come back. Like you've been so frustrated with your directive will, you've lost sight of his, his desired will for your life. And it's just a day to come back home. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand just so I can pray with you? Slip it up. Yep, I see your hand. Thank you so much. I see yours. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, I see your hand. I see yours. Somebody else says, man, I need to come back home today. Yep, I see you in the back. Maybe for the very first time, God wants to fill you with the Spirit. Some of you guys need a fresh outpouring. If that's you, slip up your hand. Let me just pray for you. Don't be shy. Let me pray for you. Yep, I see you. Yes, thank you, sir. Yep, I see you in the back. Would you pray this with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I need you. I'm repenting for my sin, I'm turning to you from my will to your will. I give you my life in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.